As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On this episode of Fantasy Baseball 15, we'll assess the bounce-back chances for several Chicago Cubs. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three cold uh, brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, March 4th. I'm Al Melker, and with me here for this episode is Michael Beller. And it's the moment you've been waiting for, Mr. Beller. We're going to talk some Cubs for a good solid 15 minutes. Yeah, this is great. You know, I stole the Brewers from our other co-host, Derek Van Riper. And Derek and I are lucky that we get to work in this industry and still hold on to our fandom, right? So I stole the Brewers from him, and now here I am, and I get to talk about the team that I still root for and have my whole life, the Chicago Cubs. And I believe in these bounce-back opportunities these guys have and their rebound abilities, but I'm happy that we've got a guy in here who's a little bit more of an expert in that regard than I am. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I would feel better about validating those uh, feelings that you have, and uh, so here to help us with that, Asad Sharma from The Athletic. He is the Cubs beat writer for The Athletic, so Asad uh, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us here and talking some Cubs. Yeah, of course, happy to, and, and uh, I mean, like you guys said, there's a ton of bounce-back candidates on this team, and I mean, if you're going to, if you're looking for some value, I, I don't know enough about where these guys are going in their drafts, but I would assume there's some value with the Cubs, especially with their position players. All right. Well, that sounds like a good place to start. So uh, there are several bounce back candidates, but probably none who could use a bounce back more than Javier Baez and Chris Bryant. So how confident are you in their chances to get somewhere close to where they were prior to 2020? Yeah, I mean, with Chris Bryant, for me, it's always about health. I mean, I, I know he won't, he tries not to make excuses with his health, but last year there were so many little things. I think it started with an elbow in, in the summer camp and then it, and then he actually got a legit wrist injury that kept him out for a few games. And then towards the end of the season, there was an oblique issue. So, I mean, it was throughout the season and, and the wrist injury was it was pretty clear that there was something going on. He, he was not hitting the ball well. He, he just didn't look right at the plate. Uh, you add that in with what was 2020. Uh, the guy had a baby in April, his first child. 
there there was a lot going on with him on the field and off the field. Uh, he's dealing with trade rumors. So many different things have to be going on in the guy's head. Uh, and, and constant criticism, too. I mean, he takes a lot of heat in Chicago. And, uh, you know, whether it's fair or unfair, it just it happens. It's it's real. And and it, whether he, he likes to say it doesn't matter to him, but it's, it's impossible for someone to not hear that stuff. I think I think for him, as long as he's healthy, I've seen him put up numbers that are crazy. And I know fans look at the overall seasons and say, well, it's not like 2016. It's not like 2017. If he is healthy, he will put up those numbers. In 2018, I always go back to this. I believe it's 2018. 2018 was the season where he he started off on a complete tear. Uh, he was one of the best players in baseball. It may have been 2019 now that I think about it a little bit more. Uh, but he he was on fire. Uh, he he hurt his shoulder and and it just fell apart after that. And then uh, the other. So I can't remember which season it was now. That may have been 18. 19 may have been the knee. So what I'm getting at here is these injuries are real. They happen. Uh, we can't overlook them. But if you're willing to take the risk that he'll be healthy, he will produce. I, I can almost assure that because I've never seen him healthy and not produce at a near MVP level. Sadov, I want to take a look also at this lineup. It's been a, a an offseason of discontent for uh, the Cubs fan base, but you still return a lot of talent in the lineup. And the guy whose lineup placement is most interesting to me in the fantasy world is Ian Happ. Because if we're talking about Ian Happ, regular leadoff hitter, then we're talking about a guy who is going to carry a lot of fantasy value. If we're talking about Ian Happ, regular middle of the order hitter, he's still going to have plenty of value, but not quite what he would offer to us as a leadoff man. So can you give us any insight into what David Ross might be thinking about how he is going to stack his everyday guys in the lineup? Yeah, I think he's pretty set on Ian Happ being the leadoff guy. You know, I they'll, they'll be open to making changes throughout the year, but I think right now uh, the way the lineup is constructed, who's going to be starting, it just doesn't really make sense to put anyone else at the top of the, the lineup. Happ had a great season in 2020. Uh, he identified some issues that, that kind of led to uh, struggles in September. I think that's a, that it's a good sign that he had a great two game playoff because he he kind of took the time to look back and say this these were my issues and and I can correct them and his his when he looks inward and says what do I need to do better in 2021 he says I need to make those corrections quicker right he fouled a ball off his eye to begin September and that kind of coincides perfectly with his kind of struggles in the month uh, but he wasn't willing to use that as the only excuse he did say yeah you know it's in your mind and it's hard to go up to uh, stand in the box and just focus on on the, uh, playing baseball when you just when when in the back of your head you're like oh my god I fouled a ball off my eye and I could have ended my career type thing uh, so, so I think it's a combo of, yeah, that, that bad September, uh, kind of taught him that I need to adjust quicker. I need to continue to adjust and learn how to, you know, uh, adjust to the pitchers that are adjusting to me at a quicker pace. If I want to be consistent and his, his goal is to be a consistent player. He's a, he believes he's an everyday player. He believes he has a much higher upside than, than just an average everyday player. He believes he's an all-star caliber player. Let's see if he can go out there and, and do it for six months. I, I like him as a as a as a guy to kind of bet on it that August that he had uh, more than the September. And I and I didn't touch on Javi. 
Javi is, uh, I think the, the key with Javi is the fact that fans are going to be back in all likelihood and, and video in-game video is, is back this, this season, uh, as far as updated video, those are two things. I, I know it sounds silly, but Javi feeds off the fans. I wondered even before the season, how he was going to react. He's a guy that when the fans are there, he feels it. He, he, he's a showman. He puts on a show and he delivers. I, I, I really believe that that matters. I believe the video stuff matters. I'm not saying he's going to put up MVP numbers. If if I had to choose between Javi, Bryant, and Rizzo of, of those three guys who's going to bounce back, I, it wouldn't be Javi. Just because when you look at peripherals, I get concerned about him. But he's always outperformed his peripherals, right? He's not that guy that relies on walks. He, he can strike out a lot, and he'll still put up awesome numbers for you, especially as a shortstop. I, I just I just always get a little concerned with Javi that if something goes sideways, if the bat speed isn't what it was, if, if he has a little nagging injury, then it will it makes it a little tougher, especially because as a shortstop, you have to be uh, you have to play great defense, and he is very uh, focused on his defense. So. Uh, it, it may, you know, it, he needs to be out there. So he'll play through little, uh, dings that may pop up and, and it may affect him more on offense than on defense. And then that, that can hurt obviously fantasy wise, even if he's a very valuable player just in the, in a baseball sense. Yeah. Well, a Javier Baez comeback is something we all, I think would certainly like to see, especially if we're uh, drafting him later than we, than we normally would, uh, which has been the case so far. Uh, but let's uh, shift the focus to the rotation. Uh, now at the top, you've got a couple of pitchers who have been among the best in the majors in terms of managing contact, but not necessarily the best at avoiding contact. But then a little further down, it's, it's harder to find the, uh, the, the fantasy uh, appeal. But I think that one pitcher who's in that mix is Adbert Alzale. And I do wonder if the performance that he gave last season makes it so that, that it's almost a spot for him to lose this spring. Is that the situation or does he have more of an uphill battle? I would, I would agree with that uh, from everything that I have gotten from what David Ross is saying. Uh, it sounds like it's, it's his spot to lose one of those rotation spots. There are a few rotation spots open. Uh, it's basically Davies, Hendricks, and Arietta have him locked in. I'd be surprised if Alzali doesn't start the season in the rotation. But again, I mean, it's, this is going to be the case across baseball. I don't know how many, how many innings he can give them overall throughout the season and I don't and just because he starts the season in the rotation doesn't mean that they're not going to have they're going to need more than five starters right like I think this is a thing that we're I'm sure it's a complicated fantasy baseball for a lot of people but every team is going to need to spread those innings around to different starters it's going to be hard to get those 31 33 start guys this year just because guys aren't going to be pushing a 180 inning guy this year would be pretty impressive in my eyes. I mean, I think last year, what was it? 80 something was the, was the league leader. So it's, it's just weird. It's going to be weird in that sense. I agree with you. Alzali is the guy that if I was uh, targeting a pitcher, uh, a sleeper in this rotation for fantasy uh, purposes, he can get swing and miss. He figured some things out last year that we saw real things, real results. Uh, with changes to his pitch mix, he's got a slider now. He's got he's got a two seamer that that he likes. He's he's got a four or five pitch mix, and he's got and the guy that used to have that same mix and won a Cy Young in 2015 is now mentoring him in Cubs camp and Jake Arrieta. They have the same stuff, uh, you know, use it differently, slightly different, but it's very similar stuff if you really look at each pitch. If he, I I really liked what he did his last two starts. I don't know what he can do. 
uh, in this season just because of the weirdness of the season and how he how built up he's going to be. I don't know what that's going to be. It's going to be hard to determine. I do think he took a real step. And he's, he's definitely someone I'd keep an eye on as someone like, hey, this guy could break out. And the Cubs have to find that out, too. They need him to be a starter. They don't have young starters in their system knocking on the door uh, that that have the impact, that have the ceiling that Alzali does. So they're going to give him that chance. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you would have told Cubs fans and fantasy baseball players uh, maybe last August that coming into the 2021 season, uh, Craig Kimball would be the unquestioned closer for the Cubs. I think you would have had a lot of people uh, wondering where you were getting that sort of information. A brutal 2019, a horrible start to the 2020 season, but he did end last year pretty strong, looking like the guy who the Cubs thought they were getting in 2019. So how comfortable should we be drafting Craig Kimball Craig Kimbrell, excuse me, as a locked-in closer. Yeah, I mean, he's their closer to start their season. So uh, if you're comfortable, if you're worried that he's not going to be there to start the season, unless there's an injury or something weird happens over this next uh, these next few weeks, uh, he's he's the closer. He's locked in to that spot. And and here's you, you talked about a, a good month of September. I, I mean, it was utterly dominant. Like that was some of the best relief pitching I've seen. I I think it was over fifty percent strikeout rate in September. No runs, no walks. Uh, he was touching ninety nine for the first time in over two years. That it was some of the best relief pitching I've ever seen. Granted, uh, and there were real reasons. There were real reasons his mechanics were completely out of whack. So there were real corrections done. This wasn't a flash in the pan. This is a guy with a Hall of Fame resume. I'd say yeah, as long as he's healthy. Uh, there's no reason not to believe that what we saw in September was real. Now, if you're concerned about that, there are some legit guys that I think are interesting in the bullpen too. I mean, the, the, three guys, as long as we don't know when Rowan Wick will be back and it could be a while, but he'd be their number one guy to move into the closer role. But he's hurt right now and he's probably not going to start the season. I think it'd be shocking if he started the season with the team. But Jason Adam is a guy that they love, that, that has nasty stuff and he has closer type stuff. I don't, we hear that all the time, right? You hear about guys that have closer type stuff and they never get a save in their career. But he's a guy that I just keep an eye on. And then also Dan Winkler is someone that they believe they've kind of figured some things out with and gotten him back to what he was when he was with the Braves. And and he's, he's a guy I believe that has a, has a resume as a closer as well. So, I mean, if Kimbrell, something weird happens there, then those are two guys I'd keep an eye on. But I... Honestly, I think Kimbrell is legitimately back. I, I hadn't seen a stretch like that out of a reliever since the Cubs had Chapman. And and it was just such a – it was utter dominance. And I think people are overlooking it because it looked like his career was over. It really did. And I didn't – I wouldn't have dismissed that when people were saying that because after 2019 and the start of 2020, it was hard not to say what what's wrong with this guy. His career, he's, he's done. But – it was a, truly a health issue in 19 and a mechanical issue to start 2020. And those things appear, he appears to be past those things. And you have real, like, I mean, both those seasons were so disjointed for him, particularly in 2019 and then 2020 for everyone, that it's a real excuse. It's not like you're saying, oh, that's, you're just making nonsense excuses. That's real. 
Well, that's some really uh, interesting perspective there on Kimbrel that, frankly, I, I had been avoiding him. I uh, did not have that perspective. So uh, that's pretty cool. So, uh, well, Sahadev, I really do appreciate all of the insight uh, that you provided here. Uh, that's going to be a wrap, though, for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we always do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. And when you take the time to fill out our listener survey, just click on the link that's provided in the show notes. So, uh, Saad Dave, thanks so much for dropping by. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. So for Sahadev Sharma and for Michael Beller, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Friday. <laughs>